everyone and welcome to the Finger Guns podcast. I'm your host, Ross Cat. No, I'm really kidding. Um, I am Cat, and what a lovely Monday, sunny Monday it's been today. I will be your host this week. Ross has had to focus on some family things. We're sending him loads of love, but he sends lots of his love to everyone who's listening. Um, but unfortunately, you have me for the week, or fortunately, depending on how much you love to listen to my voice. Um, it is not just me here, however. I am absolutely joined by the best team ever. Uh, first up, Mr. Joshua Thompson. Hello. Hello. How the devil are you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm. Oh, thank you so much for asking. Yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Oh well, you know, um, nobody, nobody cares to ask about Ross, but for you, I'd make an exception and just ask how you are. I think recently we've all cared about Ross. We've been asking him to the point where he almost wants us to not care about him. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think like so six too. Six asks. <laughs> I think last last week he got seven asks because there were so many of us on the pod. Um, I'm also joined by Mr. Yog Dog, Jonathan Brown. Hello again. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm pretty good. Recovered from my exploits over the weekend. Uh, you have been gallivanting on behalf of Finger Guns, haven't you? Yes. I uh, went down to WASD in London and had a great time last Friday. Um, other than the trains, of course, because trains in this country are terrible. But yeah, it was a great oh. event. They do suck, yes. <laughs> oh, that train on the way back is not good. But uh, the event itself was great. So yeah, uh, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Um, you can catch uh, Yog Dog's impressions of. I never know how to say. It. I don't know. I want to say Wasad, but it's not Wasad. ASD. Um, but you can catch um his impressions of that um on fingerguns.net. Him and Greg have done a little piece about their top picks from the weekend. Uh check it out. Um I am also joined by Mr. Miles Thompson. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. I'm How glad that? that we keep was this that, tradition. Was that a good... yeah, yeah, that was pretty solid, I've got to say. Hello there. No, I can't. No, I can't. No, no, no. If you think about it too much, you've just got to like go with it, haven't you? It, it's like an instinct <laughs> thing. When you've watched uh, Revenge of the Sith enough times, you just sort of like get it by instinct, and then you, it just naturally comes, you know? <laughs> Which one's that again? The one that I haven't watched? The only one that you haven't watched. Right. The one, you know, yeah. where Anakin actually becomes Darth Vader. Spoilers. If you haven't known that by now, I don't know where you've been living, but yeah. Yeah, where well, you've been living on a rock. Yeah, I think so. What we worked out was that um, my parents used to let me watch all the Star Wars, but we don't. I never watched that one and we don't think that they let us. So I was really confused about how a really blonde haired Sandy boy became Darth Vader all of a sudden. And I was like really lost on that. I thought like I'd really missed the memo and I didn't really understand. Um, but we worked it out. But uh, yeah, so hello there. How the devil are you? Very good. Thank you. Very good. Busy. Lots of games. Lots of fun times. It's been nice. Thank you. How are you? Good. Thanks, Miles. Thanks for asking. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm all right, pal. I'm all right. <laughs> good, good. Um, and finally, joining us, the father finger guns himself, Mr. Sean Davies. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing, my dude? I'm all right. I, I said it twice just in case my internet failed for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You could do that for each one. You could be like, hello, hello, I, I, I'm good, good. <laughs> we'll yes, just figure how are you, it out. You? <laughs> I'm fine, fine. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Um, very good, very good. <laughs> it's like our new egg language you know have you ever heard of egg language before 
Is that the one where parents talk like eggs in front of kids so the kids don't understand? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do it, but like, yeah, it's like the new version of that, but just in case your internet fails. Fair enough. I'll start talking big Latin and we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With the internet, eh? yeah. Absolutely. We'll just double talk to each other or pod. It won't be annoying Thank for you. anyone at all. Love it. Great. <laughs> Um, okay, wicked. Well, that's our team for tonight. Let's get into uh, Game of the Week. I'm going to go backwards. Um, Sean, Sean, what what is is your your game game of, of the, the week week? My game of the week, that got off real quick, didn't it? <laughs> no, I was going to say, that took a lot of effort for me to do. <laughs> uh, my game of the week uh, is called Mato Anomalies. Uh, I'm not sure if I've talked about this with you guys before, but this is oh. a game that came from prime matter it released a few weeks ago it's from uh, a team in japan called arrow Wiz, and it's an incredibly ambitious game uh, that combines kind of the dungeon crawling from the persona games world exploring like persona card games like uh capture the spire um and what else is there? There's a whole gamut of different genres blended into one game. Uh, there's like visual novel sections with really complex stories in it. It's all presented in an anime uh, kind of art style. It's just a whole lot of things thrown into a melting pot. Not all of it sticks. Not all of the balancing is great. But if you like really complex dramas around strikes and industrial action, um, if you liked the Star Wars prequels, you'll probably be into this game because um, there is quite a lot of backstabbing and, and slow talk and, and you know weird industrial action going on. Um, and uh, the first kind of hour with it is genuinely perplexing because it just, just throws everything at you very quickly. Um, once you get your hands on it and, and kind of get a handle on what it's trying to do, it's pretty cool. And uh, I'm going to try and write a review up as soon as I can, as soon as I can get some time in front of a PC to do these things. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's the game of the week. And, and like I say, if you like Persona or like card capture games, there's, there's, there's bits of that in there. It's just such a weird blend and, and very ambitious game from what I believe is quite a small team um, that's, that's really trying to do something different. So, yeah, give that a look. It sounds like a proper mishmash of just stuff. Like they were like, yeah, yeah we like that game, we like that game, we like that game. Let's put it all in and make a pot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I mean, um, Prime Matter. They were really kind to send a, like a statue through of the main kind of fighting um, protagonist called Gram, who's like a samurai who's got swords attached to his hands, uh, and he's all wrapped in bandages because he's dead and has to fight these bane tied in beast layers it's just <laughs> yeah i'm not doing this justice at all but yeah <laughs> um it sounds yeah. like a game genre buffet that we just can't wait to eat up <laughs> oh god yeah like you will be full within the first hour of just, <laughs> just super perplexing gameplay um that just kind of throws everything at the wall and and, and you know see what sticks and um then we eat it it's great yeah great, love great. that love that Love a buffet. <laughs> that sounds nice. That sounds nice. I'm really kind of them to send you that. Um, yeah, sick. 
Um, Miles, what is uh, your game of the week? It's had lots of games. Have you got one in particular that has kind of tipped the top spot? This week? I do. And it's a very interesting game because it's called Troublemaker. And as we all know, I think it's one of the worst, best games I've ever played. <laughs> this game was absolutely wild. So it's like a, like a beat-em-up Yakuza-style combat game. And it kind of looks like it's going to be one where you're this kid called Booty and he's going to high school, but he's been kicked out of his first one because he's fighting and getting into trouble and whatever. So he goes to a new vocational school and this school <laughs> has set up a fighting tournament where the students are encouraged to get into gangs to beat the shit out of each other. And the gang that outgangs all the other gangs has their entire class given a load of money because none of them can get jobs because unemployment is so high in the country. So the solution is to make kids fight and then give them money if they manage to outfight everyone. And that is literally its story. That is literally the premise of this game. And I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but I'm kind of in. It's dialogue is basically just like a load of memes and like references thrown at you like dressed up as dialogue and it's kind of terrible but in that really funny awful way so it'll be like you'll be talking to a character and they'll just be like oh you're a fuck boy and i was like what am i playing how did i end up here what has happened how have i got this game but it's weirdly endearing like the characters are all really stupid but in that kind of jovial you kind of root for them anyway the story's nonsensical but i kind of just got wrapped up in like how ridiculous it was and the combat is really it's like yakuza really watered down combat where you just mash like um the equivalent of like x and circle i think on the xbox controller i'm a playstation player don't don't at me um so you can like punch you can parry uh you get like super moves one of them's like the helicopter helicopter meme and you have to say it in the voice but i can't do it properly and the best move like super attack in the game is the t-pose you know, like the T-pose that everyone does when they glitch out and the game's broken? Well, this game made it the best move you can do in the entire game. It's terrible. It's awful. It's amazing. I love it. I don't understand how it came to be, but I'm very glad it did. And yeah, there's a full write-up on the site. I'm, it's not going to give you any more clarity than I've managed to give it here. It's its its own beast, and I think everyone should play it. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous, but in the best way. It really is. It really is. And it's so yeah. hard to write a review for a game that you love, but objectively you know is quite not very good. <laughs> but there's just something yeah. about it that's just so endearing. You can't help but love it anyway. So it's like overindulgent in the idea that it like it, it just knows it's probably a bit rubbish, but it's in the best way rubbish. Yeah, I feel like the devs were like, do you know what? We can't compete with the AAA market, so do you know what we're going to do? We're they just going to like, doing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to really lean into the fact that this is like awfulness, but like turned up to the max to make it good again. Like they've swung so hard the other way, they've managed to somehow come around the other side to make it good. Yes, love that. And your review dropped today um, on fingerguns.net, so give that a read. Yes. Um, if you do want to, you know, listen to Miles, you know verbally spout in writing how greatly bad this game is uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh thanks miles um your dog what is your game of the week good sir my game of the week uh is a proper nostalgia hit for me it's rise of nations uh in particular the extended edition so this came out in like 2000 and oh, i'm gonna get this wrong i, I want to say it's like 2005 or so um 
and they released the extended edition into Steam, which brought it so it could properly be played on modern computers a couple of years ago. And uh, I've been playing that a little bit recently and really enjoying it again. Uh, it, it's oh, just... I mean, I don't tend to play too many games for nostalgia purposes, but this is just one of the core backbones of like when I was 10, 12 years old at the time. Uh, I played the hell out of this game, and it's been really good to see. It still holds up even today in many ways. Um, so yeah, uh, Rise of Nations is my game of the week. We love a game that is timeless and still holds up 15 years later. There's nothing worse than the idea of a game in your mind, going back to it, and then it just being nothing like you remembered. Yeah, it's... um, I've been playing a couple of mods recently uh, for various games, which are older titles as well. So I've just been really enjoying playing older games recently, weirdly, which isn't like me, because I normally... I go back to games like five, seven years ago, but rarely before then. So it's uh, it's been a nice change. So you're also eating at the game buffet as well? Yes. Yes, so. I am. <laughs> nice. Um, Mr. Josh Thompson, what is your game of the week, sir? Uh, I certainly hope I'm not at this buffet wherever this game is at, because it is called Curse of the Sea Room. And the only thing no. on the menu would just be rats, wouldn't it? Oh, I don't want to. Probably. To each their own. Yeah. To each their own. I'm not a rat eater. Well, despite what anyone says, don't listen to them. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so my game of the week is Curse of the Sea Rats. Uh, it describes itself as a ratroidvania. Pardon the pun for them. So yeah, a Metroidvania game with like a handcrafted art style, um, based in based in a like a pirate setting in seventeen seventy seven. Um, you play as four different uh, uh, prisoners, I guess you call them. Yeah, you call them prisoners. Prisoners uh, from the British Army, uh, the British Empire, I should say. Uh, and there's a Chinese medallion that his power is to turn everyone into rats and some witch pirate, Flora Byrne, has done dastardly, done the deed and caused everyone to turn into vermin, um, uh, which has forced the ship to crash land on an Irish island. And that's where the game begins. You have to uh, fight for your freedom to defeat Flora Byrne and uh, retrieve the captain's son who's been captured by said which um there's not too much story involved the metroidvania elements at a basic basic level are pretty decent um the gameplay itself however is a little bit lackluster um there was far too many times where the platforming just got so frustrating and the checkpoints being so far away from each other just made it so minutes and minutes of my time was retracing my steps only to uh, die almost immediately uh, whether that be through the combat that was kind of okay um, or just the platform in which uh, uh, yeah in some instances is just it's yeah um, but no it's not too half bad um, 
I would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there is there is some charm to it. It feels kind of like a more accessible game than other Metroidvanias, but it just doesn't do them as as well. So if you haven't played one before, um, definitely give this one a go and see if you like the sort of format of kind of going through a map, kind of unlocking all the secrets and stuff like that. Because the secrets themselves, I'm pretty sure I found all of them. Um, got the trophy for 100% in the map. I think you can only do that if you find all the rooms. So it's not too difficult if you kind of know what you're doing. Um, the boss fights are really entertaining. Um, you can also do it four-player co-op. I only played it solo. Um, and these four characters, they do have their own attacks uh, and a bit and special abilities, and they've all got their own skill trees. Um, it's just very grindy to get them all. If you really wanted to try out all the characters, it takes a lot to um, to go through all, all the skills and unlock them. Um, I ended up just going to a farming spot near the end of the game uh, and spent about like an hour to try and get enough to afford all their points but i only stuck with one character because the one character is the only half decent one that had good mobility um also had like throwing knives and no one else had ranged attacks um yeah it, it might be it might be a better game had i played it co-op because i could have maybe had a bit more of a laugh over it than taking it super serious um but yeah wasn't the best wasn't terrible but that comes with the curse of the sea rats fair enough fair what about enough. you though Kat? Well, what have you been playing i'm well, dying well, to thank you so much for asking joshua <laughs> <laughs> um it's very nice of you to ask i have been non-stop playing uh chichia um i don't know how to pronounce this because some of the characters say chichia as in c-h-c-h-i-a like that pronunciation some characters say chia um, so I'm gonna say to cheer. <laughs> um, I've played it. I finished it. I'm about eighty five percent of the way through, hundred percent completion. Um, I've had a, I've had a blast. I know that Ross said that he didn't feel like he was particularly in love with it. I am utterly in love with it. Um, it is the sandbox of dreams. If you like cozy kind of um, just sandbox games this is the game for you. It is kind of like an uh, like an open world adventure. You can swim, you can glide, you can sail your boat around, you can climb. And essentially uh, the story is, is that Sashia's dad has been taken um, off of the island by kind of um, a, a villain called Mavora. And um, she goes all badass and tries to take him down and uh, and get her dad back. And that's that's the story of Tachia. Along the way, it is like a pure collector fob. So if you do like collecting, um, this is the game for you. There's also like so many like little mini games that are just incredible. So you've got like a diving one, you've got the ukulele kind of um guitar playing that you can play and also if you, if you don't feel like playing the guitar you can just literally listen to the music um it's set in new caledonia so they take on like it's a very labor of love project from um from new caledonia and the people of new caledonia that they you know it's it's their language it's kind of based upon um the places of new caledonia but it's kind of fictional names um 
it kind of invites you to you know find out more about food and and their culture and kind of the way that they live it's just lovely it's just a really really jam-packed little collector font there's like a rock balancing game there's diving there's um like um not tiki what's the kind of the wooden totem totem statue building like totem statue carving um yeah that's just so much to do um and it's just not boring like I'm just not bored and I think one thing that is really really cool about it is that the exploration it, it doesn't have although it has a map it doesn't actually tell you where you are on the map it'll give you like a radius of where you are so it'll draw like a really big circle um and so it really invites you to just walk around it really invites you to take in the scenery it really invites you to, to just love it and I guess like the main pull of the game is that um Tachia has a kind of secret I don't know if it's secret but it's a, it's an ability um where she can morph into any object or animal around her so you know if you feel like you're thinking oh my god that's all the way over there well don't worry because there's a seagull you can morph into and fly as a seagull you can morph into crabs and pinch people you can seagulls as well you get to poop you can poop on anyone it's great um you know you can be dolphins you can be deers you can be boars you can be fish um you know from dory to bambi to <laughs> um sebastian the crab like it's all there um it's just pretty great it's just pretty wonderful and i the, the music is really soothing it's kind of one of those games where like if you need to recharge your batteries this is the game for you i genuinely felt like i was on charge when i was playing this game um, there's a little bit of combat. I wouldn't say it's necessarily combat heavy at all. It is literally just um, a couple of enemies that you can slingshot or um, burn that you need. You just burn them so you can become like morph into a fire log and kind of run around and run through them. So it's a very very easy game. It doesn't you know you don't need to be skilled in any sense of the imagination to play this game. Um, it's really accessible too, so you can actually skip any part of the game they even say that you can if you want to start your chapter halfway through the game they say that you know you can be you can join the game at any point obviously like spoilers will happen if you decide to just you know fly in at the end but they do give you that option it's just wonderful i'm so in love and i'm nearly finished and that'll be sad but um it's a solid nine out of ten for me all right then we have come to the time of the week which is possibly the most chaotic bit of the pod. And I thought that was my bit normally. When I was doing the quiz, I kind of thought that I was the most chaotic one of the pod and the most chaotic section. It turns out that Miles has really stood in my shoes and walked in them. Um, you're living my life in, in, the, in the pod of chaos quiz, aren't you, Miles? I had to make it my own. I think we should rename it the fact-checking quiz. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do have an element that is your own, but mostly it's, you know, you have really taken on the shoe of Cat's chaotic quiz. I think yeah, I think I've channeled the inner chaos pretty effectively, to be honest. I think yeah, I've done all right. You've done such a good job. Thank you for keeping my legacy alive. <laughs> no worries at all. I like to keep the flame burning bright. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yes. Is everyone else ready? That's the real question. <laughs> I don't know if they are. Yes. Oh, the stunned silence. Has everyone got their uh, their Google Chrome's open, ready to uh, fact check every question? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> right. Let's do this. Question one. 2008's Mirror's Edge was based in a city called what? Oh, sure. Shiny Town. Oh, do you know what? No, it's not that answer, but you're not too far away in terms of what you're thinking. (laughs) Yog. Is it Unity City? 
No, it's not. Cat or Josh? Um... It's something like... Go on, Cat. Go on, you give your answer before I say anything. Okay. Mirror, mirror on the wall of tea. I'm just uh, channeling Ross and his answers here. Petition to uh, retcon the original name and turn it into that. Go on, Josh. Is it something ridiculous like Babylon or something? No, it isn't. Sean was the closest, so I'm going to give him a spiritual point. It's called the City of Glass. (laughs) 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 I did love the shiny city. That was good. I like that. Okay, question number two. We're going back in time a little bit here. Conker was a wise-cracking creature in Conker's Bad Fur Day on the N64, but what kind of animal is he? Oh, Sean. He's a squirrel. Okay, you get a bonus point if you can tell me what type of squirrel he is. Red. Yes! Well done. That's the only squirrel I know, is a red squirrel. You can get well, grey ones as well. because our, yeah, our country's littered with grey squirrels. Yeah, they actually forced oh. the red squirrels out, didn't they, I think? Not, yeah. not like cat, cat, cat yeah, I didn't know the teams knew so much about squirrels. There's only like <laughs> two areas, I think, in the UK which have red squirrels now, and uh, one of them's on like a small island in Wales or something. Oh, yeah, they're Yeah, they're there's not many of them left now. No, wow. they imported they imported grey squirrels, so up from another country, and they just bullied the shit out of them. <laughs> <Yeah>, they did. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, Where did you guys all go to squirrel school? Because I didn't. <laughs> I think it was just yeah. I think it's it was just that my the school. One random squirrel fact that anyone knows if they just come across a squirrel. It's like the first thing they tell you. Yeah. You speak to one. Yeah. It's just one of those just, things. The, the trouble is, thought. none of them come close to you. But if you get one close to you, they'll say, you know, we took them on. We took them on. <laughs> And you're like, what? What do you mean? Yeah, I go, I go feed the squirrels like every now and then, and they're just like, yeah, we bully those red squirrels. <laughs> the squirrel <laughs> <Like whisperer. laughs> So uh, yeah, come to finger guns for all your nature history knowledge. <laughs> um, question number three, also released in 2008, which FBS game released by Dice boasted of highly destructible environments? I knew Yog would be all over this. Go on, Yog. Battlefield Bad Company. Two. There it is. <laughs> Ooh. Did you say two? Yeah. (laughs) I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Question number four. Soul Calibur 4 featured which two iconic Star Wars characters as playable guests? Sean, you just about beat Josh to it there. Yoda and Darth Vader. Correct. Question number five. For which faction is Abby a soldier of in The Last of Us Part 2? And I want the full name, not the acronym. Sean. Zombie, zombie, huggy people. I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, again, petition to rename it. Uh, Josh, you were next. It is the Washington Liberation Front. Oh, it's only because he's literally his girlfriend's literally playing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? She texts me. OMG, the Rat King. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like a few minutes ago, I was like, "Yeah, amazing." She was probably shitting her pants downstairs. Bless her soul. Yeah, that, that part's tough. Um, I was like, I think I screamed the whole way through it. She <laughs> said, "I love Abby. I think Ellie is a horrible character." So there you go. There's some more um, tea. 
Oh, let's have another podcast about it. Come on. No, I'm kidding. Oh, no. I can't, I can't <laughs> I've not even played it, and I know of uh, all the uh, arguments about our game. Yeah, it's a discourse. It's a discourse. Um, question number six. Finish this famous quote from Dark Souls 1's Solera of Astoria. Praise the what? Josh. Son. Correct. I knew that. I know someone whispered it, so I'm just going to do, fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question number seven. Which character is not in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? Bayonetta, Sephiroth, Yogg? Bayonetta. <laughs> Bayonetta. <laughs> I'm going to tell you you are incorrect. You've gone too quick. Cat, uh, you've also gone too fast. Oh, sorry, did I have my hand up? Oh, my bad. I, I um... just okay. just give a different answer because he said, What, what character um, is that? There were five options. I only got to read two I'm of sure, them. I'm sure Barney isn't in the second one. Uh, yeah, that's the true. second one is also not correct either. You've got more answers to go through, right, Miles? Why don't you just finish the question, please? Well, Sean's got no, his hand no, up, no, but he's no, out of I'm, options. I was going to say, He's not allowed to finish the question because he didn't do it for me. Uh, okay, uh, Waluigi. That's yeah, not the uh, one of that's the options. That's quite loaded, isn't it? You could be like, who's not in Smash Ultimate? Oh, I don't know. That's uh, why I had the five options ready. You have to take yeah, the one option I, I had on here. In, in Smash Ultimate. Altair <laughs> from Assassin's <laughs> Creed isn't in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Right, come um, on. It's Josh, Josh, now. I can... Josh, you <laughs> just got it. Did I? Yeah. What? What did you say? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Fucking say name, telepathic link. I'm calling to How the fuck did you get that? I think I think we got a cheat in our midst. How the fuck did you actually get that? What you What do you mean? What was that? that was, the options are Bayonetta, Sephiroth, Solid Snake, Altair, or Banjo Kazooie. Oh right, well I smashed it, guys. There you go. Cheat, cheat. <laughs> what the fuck? Quick quiz close. I think we should just end the quiz there. I don't think I should yeah, even yeah, do any more after that. Josh has won it. He's won every quiz from this. Well, apparently, he's hacked into your computer. What the fuck? Right, let me guess. Let me guess the second answer. Resident Evil Seven for the next uh, question. No, because I don't do Resident Evil questions after I fucked up the last one. Um. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, we'll go on to question number eight then, because Josh's already got it. Uh, question number eight. In what year did The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild release? Oh, oh Yogg, you were first. I have no idea, but I'm going to guess. Uh, Breath of the Wild would have been 2016? Oh, no, I'm afraid not. Josh, you're next. 2015 or 2017 then by that. So. <sighs> oh, I don't know. I was going to say 2018, but I don't think it's that either. It is not. No. Sean? Me, me, me. Oh, fuck. Sorry, it's Sean next. 2019? No! Cat! It's 2017. Yes, it is! Well done. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was was tense there. I was just guessing as well. (laughs) You were so close. Uh, Question number nine. Stray features a particular kind of swarming enemy which will attempt to kill... Oh, my God, Yogg. Robots. No. Not robots, <laughs> which will attempt to kill your feline protagonist. What is the name of the enemies? Cat. Zerks. It is indeed Zerks. Well done. I'm a fine game, but that's all I remember it as. Because it <laughs> reminds me of that similar, reminds me of the Ratchet and Clank enemies. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's a good dessert. Point. All right, last question. Question number 10. Who is your friend and companion at the start of Cyberpunk 2077? Or Yog, you were first. I don't remember his name now. Uh, I'll pass. Someone else have it. Sean, you're next. Shit. Um, <laughs> fuck. Terrence. 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 His name Terrence, was not Terrence. shit fuck Terrence. I can confirm it was not. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, it, was, um, it was there and then it went. I'm sorry. Oh, Josh. Is his name Jackie? It is, and that clinched the win. Shit! Fuck, bastard! <laughs> <laughs> oh my days! That was so tense. Well done, Josh. You clinched it. So Josh finishes with four points. Sean on three points and a spiritual point. Cat on two points, and Yog Dog on one point. I'm keeping my hand nice. up. Looks like a celebration well done, all over it. I mean, Josh had already won the quiz owing to the fact he guessed an answer without knowing it. So you know. But yeah, yeah. damn, what a quiz. Well, thanks so much, Miles. It was great. Thank you very much. Hoping to keep up the chaos as usual. Nah, always. Um, Sean will be just checking your answers and we'll get back to you shortly whether all of them are true and then we can just, you know, recalibrate the scores later. They're actually all wrong. <laughs> I'm not even putting the correct answers in anymore. <laughs> um, Brill. All right then. Uh, so our first kind of news of the week is that E3 has been cancelled. After a year of announcing its return, the Entertainment Software Association has announced that E3 has been cancelled. IGN can confirm. Yikes. Big old yikes. E3's return this year was announced last June alongside the confirmation that E3 uh, 2022 had been cancelled. Uh, the news comes as multiple big names in the industry from Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation and more recently Ubisoft announced that it would not be attending E3 in any capacity with most opting to host its own digital showcases. Uh, that is from IGN, um, from Rebecca Valentine. Um I feel like we've had a lot of discourse on this pod about E3 over the last coming years. Um, Sean, is this the final nail in the coffin of E3? I don't think it's the final nail in the coffin. But I do feel like um, the industry is probably going to regret this in a couple of years' time because I feel like a, a lot of those, you know, those, we've, we've had Game of Christmas We've, I think everyone on this podcast they waited up until stupid o'clock in the morning to watch, you know, Americans strut out on stage in suits and T-shirts because that's the thing and then announce things that we're all excited for. You know, this was this was our thing for many years and then it went away because of COVID. And I think the, the cost is one thing. I think E3 has always been quite expensive to go to, whereas actually, you know, this... Um, Summer Game Fest um, is is more digital, costs less, and probably has as many customer eyes as it does than you would get through E3. But I do feel like we're losing a lot of physical spaces within gaming, and I think E3 was always the most important. It was always kind of, for, for development teams, you know, they would always push to have things ready for E3. You know, you would have this physical slice, we need it ready for E3. And some entire development windows were built around showing at E3. You know, Watch Dogs was one, you know, famously that was like, you know, we'll have this vertical slice done. And, you know, this 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 was the aim for Watch Dogs. And 
Watch Dogs 2 was the same. They kind of, it, it was resetting the clock. And that's kind of gone away. You know, that's that whole thing is gone now. And, and you know, we, we get PlayStation ones here, here and there. We get Xbox ones every so often. And we've, we've lost something with the potential loss of E3. I don't think E3 is going to go away. I think they probably do. We need, need to reevaluate everything about the show. Uh, and it wasn't just, you know, the year before, it, you know, before COVID came along and kind of cancelled the whole thing. I don't know if you can remember those plans where it was, the plans were to have like a, a, a content creator focused show where they would have creators turn up and show stuff. And you know, that wasn't the E3 people wanted. This probably wasn't the E3 people wanted either. Um, but they, they really need to reevaluate things. But I don't think E3 is dead. Um, I think E3 will probably come back within a couple of years' time because I think over time people will realise that that physical hands-on event is required within the industry. Um, it costs less to go than it would to go to GDC, um, and I just I just think that that the industry still needs that pinnacle focus point. To, to have as like a physical meeting space where so many deals used to get done behind closed do- doors at E3. And now sure that's done on Teams and Zoom and whatever, but it's missing something. Um, you, you can't check as well on, on milestones a million miles away from someone on Zoom and Teams. And I think, you know, in a couple of years time, I think E3 will probably re- be resurrected from the flames, but right now, Jeff Keighley's riding high with Summer Games Fest, which is now kind of cornered the market on this. I think we should do our own. Should we do our own? Yeah, I think so. Finger Guns Fest. Well, I've just I've genuinely been considering whether we should just go out and pitch to all the indie devs that we can find and say, if you want to put a trailer together and have it. Oh to my us god! Band, you know, yes, like, let's do that. that. Like you know, I just think we've probably between us got enough developers that we could speak to and say. Let's let's just do a little show. Twenty minutes of trailers. We'll introduce each one, and uh, and you know, I just think, why not? Everyone else is doing it. You know, upload VR, do our, do theirs, IGN do theirs. Let's do our own, and um, yeah, let's let's do that. Why not? Because we're such a we're such a like we're, we're kind of growing each year anyway, and also like we've got a really big spotlight on the indie games as it is, thanks to your features and thanks to you know everyone who reaches out to us and. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Let's do it. Should we do FG3? Hmm? FG3. Yeah, FG3. <laughs> FG3. <laughs> I mean, having such a diverse uh, group of games to call, like we cover anything from the smallest indie up to the biggest AAA title, it's mm-hmm. you know, a, a huge help. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. I completely agree. Old FG. <laughs> no, no. um no i completely agree i have this sense that we're going to come full circle there's going to be a couple of years of digital early showcases and then you know someone's going to be like hey why don't we all meet up and do it and then we'll get those celebrities involved and people are wondering thinking that before and then it will be e3 all over again um or e3 are going to change their name and then they're going to rebrand and then it's going to be the exact same thing in a couple of years time but i do reckon we're going to fall come full circle um Yog, what is your history with E3? I know that you um, 
you know, you've, you play a lot of PC games, you play a lot of strategy games, a lot of um, kind of those kind of games. It, has E3 ever interested you? Or do you kind of keep up with E3 or have you in the past? Um, I kept up to it um, between like 2009 to 2012 or so because um, I was a console game at that point. I didn't have a PC and I had my trusty PS3 and I loved to see what was going to be coming either next year or the year after and so on. Um, <clears throat> since then, however, not really kept up to date on it at all, but I am sad it's going to go. Um, yeah. I mean, it's such a critical event and ever since COVID, these sorts of events have been at a premium anyway. Um, there are ones which are popping back up. There's ones which are increasing in popularity, but E3 has always been this big pillar. Whether mm. you're a PC or a console player, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I know plenty of other PC players who all they did was play PC games and would still really look forward to it because it's, I feel like it was this one uniting event which people could always look forward to each year. Um, I yeah. play generally a bit more niche genres, so strategy titles for the most part, and they never really focus or featured too much there, but it was nice to see what sort of action games or shooters uh, which are the other big genre I play um, we're going to be coming out so I, I'm I'm pretty sad about it I do think something will pop up to fill its market position even if it's not at that exact time of year um, and I, I'm also glad to see that there's smaller events popping up, like WASD, which I went to last week, which for was really good for indie titles. But I don't think they're ever going to be able to fully replace E3. And if it does fully disappear, which I don't know whether it's going to be back next year or whether they're going to restructure in some way. Uh, I think what they're doing is a lot of the game developers are hosting their own shows now. Um, I, I, it's just never going to get the same sort of eyes that an E3 event would. So I do wonder whether that's going to backfire on them long term. Uh, the good thing about yeah. E3's uh, announcements were you knew each year generally when it was going to happen. Um, you would get all of these announcements in a very compacted time frame. So people would take time off to just watch E3 or recover from sure. watching E3 because yeah, it's absolutely. so late. It was our Super Bowl, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and who's going to do that for random publisher game show number five across several weeks? It's just... Uh, I, I think that the games industry well the games publishers will probably regret it long term um mm. but hey if i eat my words i'll admit i'm mistaken uh, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out in the next few years absolutely yeah for sure um miles i know that you have before spoken about some highlights of E3. I know that you really enjoy E3 or have enjoyed E3, especially kind of like circa 2018, um, you know, 2019. What what are your kind of inklings, feelings about E3? How are you feeling about its cancellation? But also what do you think the future of E3 holds? 
I kind of agree with what's been said. I felt like it was pretty inevitable once all the big publishers kind of started pulling out. It seemed like the writing was on the wall for it. And it's not really recovered from a couple of the controversies, like when they basically like leaked all of the details for all of the attendees who were going through a security breach. You know, it just never looks good. But I'm a really big fan of E3. I know it's a massive hype train and that it delivers a lot of um, excitement without delivering a lot of the actual content of what gets shown at it. But I really like just the excitement of, you know, all the publishers were going to be there. You knew so many games and announcements were going to happen. Like you said, it was kind of like the the pilgrimage for gamers kind of thing. Um, and it felt exciting in the lead up to it, you know, knowing that you'd log on the next day and suddenly there'd be a bunch of new trailers or a bunch of new things announced or, you know, there'd just be things to take in. And there were some weird and wacky things that would come out of E3 as well. Like, you know, we had Keanu Reeves in his breathtaking moment or John Berenthal coming out to talk about Ghost Freak on Breakpoint of all games with a dog. Like, you just don't get that anywhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And I still harken back to some of the old E3s where, you know, you'd have Microsoft and Sony almost kind of slugging out with each other via the stage to show like what they both got. And I think part of the reason we're not seeing as much competition on, say, like Microsoft's front is because they don't have the pressure of having to go to E3. So they don't have to have this pressure of showing games off. Um, and I think that's a shame because you lose a kind of competitive edge of both publishers, particularly those two, would go to E3 geared up to make a show and they had to impress. And I think that's partially why we've not seen as much competition in a sense as well, because they've not had that public pressure in that way. Um, But I'm a big fan of E3. I want it to come back. And I think like Yog has touched on, you know, I think it will probably make a comeback. I feel that a lot of the big publishers are kind of being quite selfish at the moment in terms of their perspective of we're all going to do our own showcases or state of plays or whatever they want to call them. But they're all just trying to corner their own markets and trying to just you know, divide the community amongst them. And I think there's just going to be something that's lost from that. I don't, you know, I feel like the state of plays don't match anywhere near what we used to get at E3. And I would rather have one big event once a year than have these series of tiny little events personally, because I like having it all happen at one time. But that's just a me thing. But yeah, yeah no, I think it will come back in one shape, one way, shape or form. I think it'll make a comeback, just maybe not for a couple of years or so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. Josh, um, where are you with E3? Uh, I'm just, um, it was just one of those where I wish I could always go to them when I was younger. Uh, yeah. However, <laughs> Jeff Keighley is just, uh, I mean, the biggest mistake E3 has done is saying no to Jeff Keighley, really. Um, I think he was trying to partner with them to like, host e3 basically during covid and they were like no no it's all right jeff don't worry we don't need you and he's probably just been like all right bet you definitely don't need me and has just swallowed it all whole um Mm. there's like like everyone else has said though there's there's so many different live events that are happening like cons that are happening uh i think pax is probably the second most popular one compared to e3 in america We've mm-hmm. got EGX over here. Um, we've obviously just had WASD as well. Um, <clears throat> nothing necessarily has like the biggest hitters that come out. Um, and and if anything, I, I don't mind it because now we got good, exciting news. 
Oh yeah, Gamescom as well as a European festival as well. Um, uh, yeah, instead of like one big thing in the middle of the year, we kind of get big things throughout the year, which I find exciting for the most part. I don't mind watching such and such, um, you know, like a state of play one one month and then, you know, Xbox do their showcase the other month and then we get we get the big ones. And, you know, I think because uh, it's not just Summer Game Fest for Jeff Keighley, it's also uh, the Devolver showcase as well. And, mm-hmm. I mean, in some, time, in some ways, that, that's better than Summer Game Fest sometimes, uh, especially if you're a fan of indie yeah. games. Are they, um, they're really theatrical of their showcase devolver they've yeah. got like a real theater about um about how they showcase the in between yeah. the trailers yeah um and for a while i just don't think e3 caught up enough in terms of that people were just gaining their own autonomy of becoming a a great showcase and um and e3 kind of just was asking for a lot for not much else now, seeing as everyone else is kind of doing their own thing and probably seeing more from it. Um, I think it's just, it just hits hardest for for fans really that did want to go and maybe even press to an extent that, you know, always looked forward to it. Um, but yeah, no one else is hurting apart from them. I don't think because we're, because everyone's eating by apart from yeah. the three. Yeah. True. True, true, true. Yeah, well, we'll have to see what happens next year um, and what that looks like. It will be interesting to see the journey of what happens to E3 now. But uh, yeah, for now, it is uh, cancelled and you can catch uh, PlayStation Summer Games Fest, apparently. You can catch Wholesome Games doing one. You can catch Nintendo. You can catch Devolver. Probably all coming to you independently on different dates this summer. (laughs) um all right so our next um kind of news piece is uh the super mario brothers movie is uh good yeah so apparently uh the verdict has dropped um for those who attended the premiere and they're sharing their first verdict so i'm right i'm kind of reading from vgc um yeah this this game's this this movie's getting some hype uh super mario brothers movie was awesome teared up from hype more than once the music is the star of the show. I'm not sure any movie in history has ever had this many Easter eggs. Um, filmmaker DeAndre Avil says the game, the film was perfect, gave it a score of 10 out of 10, and I haven't felt like this since the 2014 Lego movie. Um, this isn't just another video game movie. It's one of the best family films ever. Um, from another tweeter. Um, yeah, I mean... It's really strange, isn't it? Because when this came out, we kind of all laughed a little bit. We kind of all were like, oh, my God, Chris Pratt is Mario. What is going to happen? You know, is this going to be an absolute shit show? Um, yeah, apparently not. There was a couple of of people who said they, you know, they, they there were some negative takes. But, I mean, mostly the verdicts are positive. So it comes out April, I want to say April 5th um in in the uk um because it's been moved forward um in the us and 60 markets around the world so sean are you taking yourself and the kids to see mario super super mario bros so no (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, what is what's what are you, are you just not here for the Chris Pratt? What's <laughs> look as, as a character, I've never been really sold on Mario, okay, and uh, that I got into quite a few arguments thinking, telling people that actually I don't think that Mario is the greatest of mascots to kind of pin everything that Nintendo does on. Um, it, it's kind of personalityless in most of the games, you know, apart from Yahoo, which, you know, it's, just, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm just, Sonic has always had more personality for me. And the Sonic movie kind yeah. of, you know, captured that personality. Mm, that's so true. Um, and I, I just, Mario for me has always kind of just been this kind of faceless and, and I'm not really, I'm not sold on the whole Chris Pratt thing. Uh, I think Jack Black is probably going to absolutely nail Bowser. Um, yeah, because I just, agree. I'd, and I'm sure that it'll be good, but I'm really willing to wait for this to hit whatever streaming service is going to hit um, when yeah. it does. I, I don't like. I can't afford to take my five kids to a movie that I may or may not enjoy, and <laughs> I don't think I, I don't. I, I I just don't trust some of the movie critics. You know. Yeah. Say that Mario is a ten out of ten movie. I'm I'm sorry, like Schindler's <laughs> List is a ten out of ten movie. If you if you're saying that Mario is on par with Schindler's List, then you, uh, I don't. I mean, maybe oh, it is. You know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. You know, the pianist. If you think that Sean is speaking out of turn, you know, just tweet us right now because if he's hurting some hearts, let's know. I, I, I'm really willing to repeat <sighs> my words, but it will not be at the cinema. Um, I'm not paying to take all of my kids to a movie that I may or may not enjoy, um, and and I'm sure the kids are, are love it. Um, but you know, John Wick's also out, so John Wick's going to get my money. So yeah, fair enough. I respect it. I respect it. Um, <laughs> uh, Miles, from somebody who hasn't seen the Sonic movie because you're an absolute cretin of a human being, are you going to go and see Super Mario Bros. with me and Ross? No. Why? It's it just doesn't. Shit, man. It just doesn't interest me. Like Jack Black's call that video that we posted this morning was funny, and I think Jack Black's awesome. But I just, I, I don't, I don't care. I, I'm a bit like Sean. I don't really care about Mario as a character. I think he's just this comically looking dude in a game series, and that's kind of all it is. I don't think it means much to me, and I'm not really a Nintendo player anyway. So, like, I just wouldn't. It's not made for me. I'm not its audience. And I feel like the people who go are very much going to enjoy it. And it'll be a 10 out of 10 movie for them because of all the nostalgia it will give them. And I'm just not it. And like Sean, I'm going to watch John Wick this week instead. (laughs) (laughs) You actually are, though. Um, Josh, help me out. Are you, you know, someone who has had the Switch, you know, is currently owning a Nintendo Switch, someone who has played Mario games like Mario Smash Brothers? What's what's your verdict? Are you surprised by the reviews? Are you not surprised? What what's your thoughts as we imminently become closer to the release date? Uh, so I've got a strange perspective. Um, I was going to say you work at the cinema, so are you before anything? I, I work at the cinema. Yes, that is my full time job. Are you God, going I hate to see God, I hate admitting that? Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it can't, I, you can't ask me because I can go see it for free. <laughs> okay, um, why can't? Okay, however, I can ask you that. Are you going to go see it paid or for free? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, Is that because you're going to be paid wrong. to watch it? 
this is going to be no this is going to be the biggest film of the year like uh, it's not Ooh, even close that's, that's a that's a take are you serious it, it, it yeah it's going to be it's going to be the busiest film of the year it's going to make the most money i i can guarantee it um uh it's a bold claim it might not be the best uh but i think it's i think people are going to be pleasantly surprised by it um i'm someone who isn't kind of affiliated with mario i've got a switch now that was kind of more for um ring fit adventure and i'm sorry i've not seen you in a year but we'll get back to you eventually i'm sure (laughs) um but you can't (laughs) you can't deny how, how good the games are um just outside of just mario being him and being quite um like Sean said, just being kind of a conduit for the magical world that is that is surrounding, you know, the titular character. Um, mm. But there's, it just looks like there's going to be so much more in it. I think the pedigree of actors, the pedigree of studio being Illumination, doing Minions, which was also, you know, did gangbusters last year. Nintendo being so strict with their IPs, doing this and giving it the green light and being so hot with it, I think, is a good sign. Um, and yeah, I just I think it's going to do uh, smashing. Um, and I think I'm going to really enjoy it. Um, and I'm, I'm someone that's not a particular fan of Chris Pratt, but he even sounds okay as Mario. I'll say that. And Jack Black, yeah, he's, yeah, can't wait. And Jack Black's going to be the star of the show, really, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I've seen on socials that Jack Black and Anya Taylor Joy as Princess Peach kind of steal the show. Um, so mm. we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yog, where are you? I know you said that you're a niche genre PC gamer now, but you know, how are you with the Plumber Brothers? No comment. Oh, no. Um, no comment. Uh, you know, sometimes you just have an irrational hatred or something. Oh no! Yes, y'all go on, yes. do it, do it. Mario is that thing. He fucking infuriates me, and I can't oh, tell you no. why. Stop. I have no it's idea. But Josh said you can't deny how good the games are. I can. Yes. Oh shit! Fucking <laughs> hate Mario. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ding. So yeah, ding, uh, ding. Mario gets quite the visceral reaction from me. So I've been biting my tongue the entire time. Wow, here, this is talking. a choose your character moment. Choose this is the body still warm. You don't have to do that. Love this. Yes. Wow, that was shocking. Okay, so you you are hating every trailer right now. You are not loving life. Oh, I haven't even watched a trailer. <laughs> Just Ooh, anything, okay. anything Mario related, or you, like, you were just, just like avoid. sick of this shit. Yeah, it's yeah. it's best best for both of us, both me and Mario. Don't we don't have any? Oh, I thought you meant like best for us and all of us and you. It's just oh no 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 no. It's best best for me and Mario that we don't have any interaction. Oh fair. Oh damn. <laughs> not even couples counselling or sort this. Unfortunately, not. Have have we have we aged out? Are we the Skinner? The kids are wrong. It's not us. It's just this <laughs> us. Are we? Are we the problem here? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Because yes. I've seen, I've seen. We've got a poster up at work, and every every shift I work, someone's like comment on it. If they're old, if they're young, like even 
kids to a point where I'm like, how do you know Mario that much that you love them? Um, they all just are excited for it. Um, uh, it's, it's key to note that obviously the impressions from the article are all fans. I, I don't suppose anyone went there with the intent of, say, Yogg, <laughs> thinking I'm going to fucking hate this and I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It, I think it's a very bold claim to say that Mario, the movie, is going to be big, the biggest movie of the year in the same year that the new Spider-Verse movie is coming out. And also the same year as Cocaine Bear, which is obviously the best movie of the year. Film of the year confirmed. Oh, God. I mean, you're right. We've got Spider-Verse. Do you know what? We, I had a, like a, a, a week by week of what's coming out, and it seems to just be banger after banger every week. Like, not we don't even get a break. We just have weeks and weeks of films, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, Fast 10, uh, like you said, Spider into Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or uh, across the Spider-Verse. John Wick 4. Um, John Wick 4, yeah, came out and we had, oh, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot to come out and there's a lot to do well and I still think that Mario's going to beat them all. You think that Mario's going to beat the Flash? <laughs> yes. But yeah, fair, fair play. Ezra Miller's really poisoned <laughs> that movie, hasn't he? <laughs> I think so. I don't think any um, PR kind of uh, fixing is going to do any of any good. Well, you know, Michael Keaton. I'm excited for Michael Keaton, but that... well, if if he kept his mouth shut and said, "I'm I'm I'm in the movie lots," if he'd have said that instead of "I'm not in the movie very much," um, yeah, <laughs> it would have been better. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had D and D last week come out, and um, even that's not done like massive, which I'm. Kind of su- not surprised by, but I was like, oh, I would have thought it'd done a bit better. You know, DD is getting a pretty, pretty uh, unanimous name now, or like, you know, it's in Stranger Things, which kind of propelled the franchise to more eyes than ever. Um, I thought. I'm the sandwich guy on TikTok. Never heard of him. Is he uh, a D&D Whoa, character? Roll for Sandwich, Adventures in Arcadia. Yeah, he um, does DD sandwich making. Um, where he okay. rolls like D10s, D12s, D6s, um, oh, and it chooses right. his sandwich. Okay. It's genuinely the most wholesome TikTok channel on the whole of TikTok. Um, he's just a lovely dude. And sometimes he just eats like utter shit in a sandwich because that's what the dice have rolled for him. That's what he rolls. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, wow. I didn't realise I was going to trigger so many people about Mario today. I was just, you know... Just seeing if we were surprised or shocked or didn't care. And it looks like we have some feelings and emotions about Mario. I probably need to go to a therapist. Christ, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're lucky you got two on the team, Yog. So, uh, so we might need to talk that one out. <laughs> we'll just talk about Indeed. your feelings. Um, wow, Yog and Mario in a face-off. If you do want to see that, let us know. We might have to set something up. <laughs> um Okay, um, so the BAFTAs were on. That's a big thing that happened. 2023 BAFTA Game Awards uh, celebrating the very best games of last year and the talent who made them. Um, I think the best thing to do, rather than make this whole into a showcase special two-hour-long thing, what I'm going to do is I'm if everybody just unmutes, um, I'm going to read out which award, who were the nominations, who won, and... Anyone can comment if they care or not. And if the, it was a surprise to you, if it was a shock, if you caught the BAFTAs. Um, but before that, we'll kind of get general impressions. Sean, did you catch the BAFTAs? Were there any shock surprises? 
for yourself? Um, I mean, I, I caught as much as I could, um, but the, I think I was kind of shocked by some of the things, but then when you look at kind of all of the award winners as, as a total, I think um, they kind of done it really fairly, uh, apart from maybe multiplayer game, which I think is still a bit of a farce. Um, but I, I, I just think, you know, I think everybody who deserved to win something won something that night. Um, and, sure. you know, no, nobody went home. You know, Horizon wasn't completely snubbed. God I was just about you. to say, like, chef's kiss to whoever allowed Horizon to win because fucking hell, finally. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, Vampire Survivors winning, I think that was kind of the big thing for me. It was like, well, that is a big, big thing that, yeah. you know, BAFTA have always been done their own thing. Um, and, you know, it's not always traditionally the biggest marketing spend, which which guarantees you the the game of the year from BAFTA. And, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've not played a vast amount of Vampire Survivors. Um, I managed to kind of wean myself of it really quickly. Um, but I just think, you know, for the for the technical achievement, they've entire, basically spawned an entire genre of copycats. Then, yeah, they, they deserve some kind of recognition. And I don't think he could have won sure. anywhere else. So, sure, I d- yeah, for sure. You know, I, th- I think you know, Tunic took. I just think everybody who deserved to get something last year got something, and that's mm-hmm. great. That's great. Yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yog, any general BAFTA comments before we get into it? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I was. Uh, I mean, we did some predictions a few weeks ago, and. Overall, the prevailing thought was games like God of War, Ragnarok, and Elder Ring, especially, were just going to clear up everything, um, as they've done in quite a few other award shows. But that wasn't the yeah. case, and it's really nice to see a variety of games actually win uh, quite a few genres here. I mean, Ragnarok, especially, still won a few awards, but you've got stuff like Rollerdrome, Tunic, um, Vampire Survivors, especially. Uh, which also picked up awards. Uh, funnily enough, the they actually brought the awards to WSD the next day, and I was on the computer right next to the two drafters. So they, they were letting people nice. like lift them up and take pictures with them. But I was worried I was going to break something because I'm really clumsy. But it was I was like within two feet of them, so that was really cool. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see smaller titles as well as bigger ones really be rewarded for for their games and their development it's um it i yeah i i feel like it was a pretty fair award ceremony overall it it's not just the big names clearing up and i really like to see that yeah yeah definitely absolutely uh miles um any surprises shocks any general thoughts about the baftas before we get into it oh yeah best multiplayer game was definitely fully deserved Shut Sorry. up, Josh. I can't, can't even say it genuinely. <laughs> Mario um, think... Rabbids best strategy game. Yeah. Not so... <laughs> it's all happening again. <laughs> um, no, I think like uh, the others have touched on, it was nice to see a, a decent spread of games winning in different categories and deserving to. I think that was one of our things about the other awards was a couple of the categories were like, we don't really understand how these nominations have ended up here. Um, and this felt like a very deserving one. And for Vampire Survivors, it's just such a success story and a wonderful one for a group of people who fully deserve it for making just an incredible game. Um, 
but yeah, it was it was just nice to see uh, some variety in the nominations and wins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Josh, any any? I was going to say final thoughts, but any starter thoughts? Um, I'm just glad that we kind of. I mean, God of War still won the most awards, which mm-hmm. isn't too surprising. But I'm just glad, yeah, we got we, there's some recognition for other games. Um, whilst you know the nominees for the best game. Um, a lot of them were massive and Vampire Survivors really is probably the smallest game out of the bunch. Um, mm-hmm. In kind of like the spheres that I was consuming, you know, like podcasts and um, YouTube videos and stuff like that, everyone was talking about Vampire Survivors. It was just... Yeah, for sure. It was like an addictive... Fit. Like everyone was addicted to the game. Um, and so whilst it's not made necessarily the biggest game that won it was definitely the most talked about i think that won um so the kind of discourse about (laughs) it winning Mm -hmm. i think it's rightfully deserved it was something that was like not necessarily hailed as like the best game of the year but it was being spoke about in such an addictive and like infectious manner that it just grew so like they the audience grew for it um, I, yeah. I just want to come to PlayStation um, and I'll do all the trophies for them, even though there's like hundreds of them. Um, <laughs> glad Tunic got some recognition. Love Tunic last year. Um, sad that Citizen Sleeper didn't get anything. Uh, that's, uh, that's a game well-deserving of some recognition. But overall, yeah, it's a nice spread. Nice. Um, if you were not lucky enough to catch the BAFTAs, do not worry because I have all the nominations and I have all the winners here. So guys, feel free to unmute. Um, what I'll do is I will go through the the nominations and the winner for each t- title. If we don't care, I will move on. Um, if we have anything to say, then uh, we shall say it. So let's first of all start with animation. Um, so nominations were Stray, um, Sifu, uh, Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga, Rise and Forbidden West, Call of Duty, and God of War Ragnarok, with God of War Ragnarok winning animation or best animation. Any surprises, shocks, feelings, thoughts? Would have loved to have seen Sifu pick that up. Yeah? Yeah. I know that God of War absolutely deserves it, but I think Sifu probably deserved some recognition from this list because it was a banger. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, fluidity yeah. of combat is something special. Um, obviously, God of War has so many more bells and whistles to it, and Sifu is low poly in comparison. But yeah, the way it looked was phenomenal. Like the kind of movements of your character, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, next up, we have artistic achievement: uh, Plague Tale, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Immortality, uh, Pentiment. And Tunic, with the winner being Tunic for artistic achievement. Nice to see Tunic get some love, as people said. That could have yeah. gone to any band printed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could have gone to Pentiment if it wasn't Tunic, and I would have been happy with that kind of mm. being two that are very unique in their in their look. Um, like, it's all good being for, like having high fidelity, but but the, the art style standing out is. is a lot more important, I think. For sure, for sure. Um, audio achievement, uh, which is uh, different to uh, soundtrack or music. So, 
Um, that is its own separate category. Uh, Tunic was also up for a nomination for this. Uh, Stray, Metal Hellsinger, Horizon Forbidden West, A Plague Tale, and the winner, which was God of War Ragnarok. The slices the of the acts, the snow. Really? What, for audio achievement and not music? Yeah, it's fucking sick. I love that game and it deserved yeah, it for its audio. Um, I'm with Miles on that. I really feel that Metal Hellsing has been supremely unlucky uh, to release at the same time as Ragnarok. Like, yeah. In other years, it yeah. may well have won stuff. Now um, game's built around its audio design, and I just think it was so intuitively done. Like, at one point, I didn't even have to look at the crosshairs in the middle to be in sync with the sound. Like, the design was so good. So, yeah, yeah I thought it was a shame. Once it just clicks, it's just such a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. And the music, if you love that type of music, is really cool, too. <laughs> the way yeah. it, it syncs with everything. Oh, just, yeah, it's a great game. I think Stream might have been unlucky to lose out there as well. Um, yeah, I think, for sure. I think just a, a really great sounding game. Yeah, uh, it really the is. Zergs, when the Zergs are behind you, you're like freaking the fuck out because of... <laughs> <laughs> Down the alleyways and all sorts, yeah. And you can meow on demand. Yeah, yeah. and you can purr yeah. and you can nap. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Um, and then we go on to, to best game. So best game, the nominations really shocked me for this one. Um, but I'm pleased that there are a couple of nods to the noms. Um, was up for best game. Uh, Marvel Snap, uh, God of War Ragnarok, as we know, Elden Ring, my personal, one of my personal favourites from last year, which is Cult of the Lamb, and uh, Vampire Survivors. And of course, we know that Vampire Survivors grabbed this one. Um, what are our thoughts? Because there's a very... There's very different nominations than we've seen before um, than previous game awards. Yeah, BAFTA don't take no shit, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. They fucking call, see how it is. They're like, fuck it, we'll just we'll just put this this game here. You know, yeah, they go but... against the grain, don't they? They just go with whatever they feel like is 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 for shit. For real. I think there's there's just a lack of incentive monetarily as to. Having the nomination, sure. Like Marvel Snap are. is a massive <laughs> yeah. surprise. Yeah. Well, Marvel Snap is in the same conversation of Vampire Survivors of not being the sure. biggest, almost being overlooked, but being yeah. on everyone's, being in everyone's conversations. Like, have you played this? No. I, why would I play mm. a mobile game? No. Look, Absolutely. honestly, it's a mobile game, but you need <laughs> to try this out. But then, Absolutely. then Marvel Snap went and lost multiplayer game to Elden Ring. Which is like, false. don't talk to me no, about this. It's not false. <laughs> false. I mean, PvP is just so good. <laughs> oh, get up with even, you. <laughs> even if I'm it so wasn't enjoying Marvel, this. Uh, Marvel Snap, like, I think Modern Warfare 2 had a smash in multiplayer too. Um, so, like, it's a loss on all fronts for multiplayer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have no doubt that the multiplayer in Elden Ring could be fun. It could be, like, it's probably good, but it's not a game it's that not. is entirely designed around its multiplayer component. Um, and, it's, and its multiplayer mm -hmm. mechanics weren't even that well implemented at launch. Like, you had to use items to even call people into your world, and it was shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to defer to everyone else on that one, but it just feels wrong for a game which isn't predicated on its multiplayer mechanics, has won an award. Uh, based around multiplayer, like uh, it just feels a bit wrong to me. 
Yeah. I think the only time it could have justified it was when the original Demon Souls came out because the idea of having like messages in the world, summoning people, being invaded, all of those mechanics then hadn't really been done in that way before. So you could argue like at that point, there's a really fresh, unique take on a multiplayer. And you could argue that that's worth, you know, being worthy of an award. But that's we've seen these mechanics real. in every game since. And it's like they're not fresh and new anymore. These are mechanics we've had forever and they weren't even that well implemented in this one. Mm. I love the original Demon Souls, but it's still the only From Software game I've ever played. <laughs> Probably the hardest <laughs> one, to be fair. What's the message that goes around on Elder Ring? Finger, butthole? Yeah, finger, butthole, and dog for turtles. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, that, okay. yeah. What are we talking about? Fucking, of course it won multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not even on the multiplayer. We're not even on the multiplayer award right now, and this has really like got our goats right now. I love it. I'm just <laughs> loving winding people up about it because I just shouldn't have won it. Okay, well, that brings us on to our next award, which was best British game um, at the Baftas. Vampire Survivors was also up for this. Uh, to Point Campus, you can check my review out of that. Great game. Uh, Total War Warhammer Three. Um, Ollie Ollie World, Citizen Sleeper, um, and Rollerdrome. Oh. Winner is Rollerdrome. Um, Josh, you've played quite a few of these. Deserved? I have. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I could have taken pretty much most of them. I've not played Two Point. Um, but sure, yeah, sure. I, I, <laughs> I probably should. Um, yeah, it could have gone to all of them and I would have been happy. Uh, uh, Rotodome in particular, I think winning just means something because I don't, I don't think it's had a lot of love in other award ceremonies. Um, mm -hmm. So it's nice to see it with a BAFTA because um, yeah. it is an amazing title. Uh, I think one that will go down is like, remember 2022? And then we talk about games and then people bring up Rotodome and you're like, oh, I completely mm -hmm. forgot about that, how good that was. Um, that's going to be one of those games, I think. Okay, we have a uh, debut game. Uh, Vampire Survivors again. A lot of noms for Vampire Survivors. I'm glad it got the love it kind of deserved. Uh, Trombone Champ. Uh, Stray, The Case of the Golden Idol, uh, As Dusk Falls, and Tunic, with the winner being Tunic again. Oh, man. Three guesses. But, uh, Jogs just put in the chat. Three guesses which rich game I would have voted for. Um, I'm going to take a big fat guess and say uh, two point. <laughs> that would be my second choice. Okay, okay. Uh, I would be a terrible George because I'm extremely biased. Um, <laughs> it would have been Warhammer 3. Uh, yes. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah, As Dusk Falls getting its first nomination um, in the BAFTAs. I'd actually played like the first 40 minutes and I fucking loved it. I need to get back to it really because I, I thought it was really interesting. Um... Great. Okay. Um, best evolving game. Um, okay, so No Man's Sky, Forza Horizon 5, The Elder Scrolls, Dreams, Apex Legends, and Final Fantasy 16 online. At least I think that's 16. There's so many symbols there. 14. 14, yeah. <laughs> 14. Oh, yeah 16 right. isn't 14. out yet. Yeah, oh, I can't wait right for 16. It totally is 14. It totally is 14. Now that I've seen it, I'm like, I'm just calculating. Leave me alone. Um <laughs> Well, it's the same, uh, right? I, I, I thought IV and then V and then VI. That like it's very yeah, similar. just yeah. It's yeah. It's a mind. It's a mind meld. 
Um, a lot of games on there that are still a lot of win a lot of noms over the years in kind of evolving game. We've got Dreams, we've got Elder Scrolls Online, which I think has been there since you know 1901 in the Game Awards. Um, no Man's <laughs> Sky is always there. I'm surprised Fortnite's not on there. <laughs> Fortnite probably should have been on there, shouldn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. It's not done the hottest uh, compared to the other years, but it's still like, I'm. If Creative put two point came out before this, um, it it definitely would have got one. I do wonder mm. whether um, if you won it once, whether you can win it again, or whether it's common to win again. Because Fortnite won mm. in twenty nineteen, okay. uh, Path of Exile in twenty twenty. It was Sea of Thieves in 2021, and it was No Man's Sky last year. So No Man's Sky did win last year, um, at yeah. least. Well deserved. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, next up is uh, Best Family Game at the BAFTAs. Um, Teenage, Nut- Newton- <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, Nintendo Switch Sports, Mario Rabbids, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, Disney Dreamlight Valley, and the winner is Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Has anyone Should... jumped into Kirby at all? Should have been Lego. Yes. I've played for Kirby. It's bullshit. Lego should have won. Yeah, it should be fucking Lego. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I it's... agree with that. I'd say Lego or Disney. I think it's uh, the critics' family game of choice. Yeah, yeah. all the critics um, can fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this is this is the like obligatory let's give Nintendo one, isn't it? It's not the yeah. yeah we need to give them at least one of them. Uh, uh, what I really like Mario Rabbit's out of that choice, but <laughs> yeah. And what I really want is the BAFTA to like really the next time they do this is to take into design the design decisions for games for kids. Like all of those yeah, games totally. are playable by the entire family, whereas. The design philosophy for like you know look at the outright outright games they publish like the the kart racing games where three year old kids can play with you know forty five year old people that that's the kind of game that I'd like to really see them focus on in the future because all of these are games that adults played and went oh yeah that was fun it, it wasn't mm-hmm. stuff that kids played you know? yeah for sure yeah absolutely um, yeah no I completely agree. Uh, I think you have a good point about, you know, the, the range of what can be played by somebody at the same level and etc. It's gonna yeah. be really it should be really important for the family noms. Um okay, next up is Game Beyond Entertainment. Um we'll always have Paris. Uh not for broadcast. Oh. Um, I was a teenage exocolonist, uh Gibbon Beyond the Trees. Citizen Sleeper and the winner was Endling Extinction is Forever. That should have been the game of the year. That should have been the game of the year. Yeah, because all them are fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like, I Am a Teenage Exocarnist is is one of my favourite games from last year. I Um, saw that on the list for a long time and it looked really cool, but it was way before I had a PC. And I was like, damn it! It looked really cool, though. It is on PlayStation now. It's on PlayStation now. Mm-hmm. It's in the BAFTA oh, section. Nice, so much on sure. They they all deserve mm. something, you know. Uh, it's a shame the Citizen Sleeper didn't get anything, um, but maybe it'll get evolving yeah. game next year as soon as it's got the final DS DLC out this year. So, sure. so maybe. Nice. Okay. 
Um, I don't know too much about Endling. Um, Just that it looks nice. I don't, and maybe has an affecting story, but it doesn't look like. I feel like the uh, teenage exorcist and Citizen Sleeper both have really, really deep narratives that that have something to say. Um, Whereas Mm. Endling just looks pretty. So, so Endling is all about like um, about the change in environment. So you're you're okay. You're you're shepherding the last of your kind around a changing environment that's been. Oh, here's me trying to poo-poo it, and it's it's actually very thought-provoking. All right, deserves the award. (laughs) (laughs) It it is really on the nose with what it's trying to do, but it it is good. Okay, definitely worth a look if you get this. I mean, they they priced it way way too high at the time. I think so. Not that many people played it, but um, you get a chance. Definitely worth a go. Nice. Nice, sounds nice. Uh, next up is game design. Uh, Tunic was up for this, Rising Forbidden West, uh, God of War Ragnarok, Elden Ring, Cult of the Lamb, and then the winners were Vampire Survivors again. Um, I really liked the design of Cult of the Lamb, I'm not going to lie. I really want a plushie of Cult of the Lamb. He's just so oh, fucking cute. Me too. Um, I mean, game design, uh, uh, Vampire Survivors is game design the subject or topic. Um, it was literally designed in way of being so addictive. With um, I think the guy made uh, like gambling machines in his old career before making this game, so knows exactly when exactly to hit. What to do to hurt people on. in? It, exactly. Uh, so it's yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a given. They won that. He essentially scienced people into his game winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then just just put a Castlevania type skin on it. <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, we have the dreaded multiplayer. I'm gonna keep this short and snappy, guys. Woo! We've already spoken about it. <laughs> okay, uh, noms for multiplayer with teenage. Nin- uh, I always want to say teenage n- Newton. It's not Newton. I love the TNT. I used to watch it all the time as a kid. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge, Splatoon Three. Overwatch 2, um, EA Sports FIFA 23, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and the winner, really strangely, the single-player game Elden Ring. So I'm guessing that FIFA would have been your your choice, Anka? Mm -hmm. Oh no, Cat was all Elden Ring. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what? I don't, out of all of them, I'd probably have to say COD, but... I mean, that's it's not a massively great list anyway. Call of Duty's was all right this year, to be fair. It wasn't, I don't think it was the best, but it was pretty good. I think it's much more deserving than what did win. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, we're not going into the discourse. We've been into the discourse. We've we've spoken about it a lot. Uh, who is paying who to put that game as as, as a multiplayer winner? I Me, don't know. Just We'd to annoy you all. One day. <laughs> um, we, need, okay. we need to talk about the lack of co-op games in the multiplayer aspect. That's what like, I mean. That's what I was just thinking. Is like, where the fuck? Why are any of those games, like, yeah, like the, the past within, which just got like massive critical acclaim when it came out, is this co-op game that was just like phenomenal in design. Didn't even get a look in. Came out, came out in November. So like, the past within. Okay. So it's like you essentially. I don't know if you've seen like an early version of it where basically you have two different players play together and they have to communicate. Um, because they both. Oh, I did see this. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that looks like. Cool. Um, 
And then we have like we were hurt here forever, which me and Josh really need oh to God. play. <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned co-op because last year it takes two one. Yeah, it the, did, yeah. The year before that was Animal Crossing New Horizons. Twenty twenty was Apex yeah. Legends, and twenty nineteen was. But also, like, where's where's Star Wars for the multiplayer? That's a co-op game that you can play the campaign in co-op the whole time with somebody. Like, why is that not? Yeah, okay, you can't play it with hundreds of people, but like, yeah, it just it just feels really strange to I don't know. No anyway. battle royale mode doesn't count. Sorry. Real question is where's Dead by Daylight? <laughs> Oh, where's Babylon's fall? Oh wow, your Babylon's fall. Okay, music. Let's move on from the multiplayer Discord. Christ alive, we're never going to live it down. We're probably going to be talking about it next year. Um, the music and soundtrack, God of War, Ragnarok, A Plague Tale, Cuphead. Cuphead's music is actually great. To be fair. Um, Elden Ring, Stray, and Tunic, uh, and the winner was uh, God of War Ragnarok. Where the oh, fuck is Elden Ring? Oh. Where the fuck is no, uh, Elden Ring? I meant Metal Hellsinger. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what I mean. Where is Metal Hellsinger? This is what I mean. Like for for them to be nominated for audio achievement but not music is really strange. Raging. But maybe maybe it had something to do with a band being involved instead. Who knows? I don't know. It's just they don't like the type um, of music it has, probably. I would say that's probably the case, yeah. 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 Uh, best narrative. Um, so we've got Stray, Pentiment, God of War, Citizen Sleeper. Citizen Sleeper racking up a few noms to not get any wins. Um, a Plague Tale Requiem, and the winner was Immortality. I've not played Immortality. Is one of you? Yeah, you need to play it. Yeah. Okay. It's, a massive, it's a massive download, but it's one of those games where Around halfway through, I had to start playing and then pick it back up again a day later because I was shook. Shook to my core. Shook. Shook. Shooketh. Shooketh. <laughs> shook. I don't know. I'm, I'm too northern for this shit. Am I, am shook. I saying shook? And then I read right? my book and then I had to pick it back up. <laughs> Luke here, okay? <laughs> Luke here. Don't you start um... telling me about how I was shook. Um... <laughs> Um, it doesn't Isn't Shook and what you do with the uh, clamps? <laughs> okay, I'm I'm just gonna go on mute. <laughs> I'm gonna take my northern ass on mute. Okay. <laughs> no, tell me if it deserves it. Did it deserve it, Sean? Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, All right. Um, a lot of these games did, to be fair, but I'm thinking Immortality. If this was gonna win something, it should have been this. Um, I've got some beef of the next one. Original property. <laughs> Vampire Survivors, Stray, Sifu, Cult of the Lamb, Citizen Sleeper, and the winner was Elden Ring. That game that looks like every fucking Souls-like, that has the same properties of every single Souls-like. <sighs> it's yeah. open world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's called Elden Ring. It doesn't have Souls in the title. <laughs> Shut up. Why does it look exactly the same? Then, then they need to be sued because it's exactly the same mechanics. You've got to pick up your souls and then you die. I can't even bother to get into the discourse of it. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it with you two. What, what should have won then, Cass? What, what would you have picked? What, for, out of that list? Uh, original yeah. let's have a look. Out of that list, I probably would pick Vampire Survivors. 
fair play. Not yeah. like it's like every other metroidvania. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing. <laughs> well, I, like, I have not played it since Leva. Cold of the Lamb is like every other roguelite. See, maybe Sifu. Maybe Sifu. Yeah. No. Sifu, right? Sifu, I wouldn't have, have thought about. Open yeah. Like, yeah. That's fair. Straight. Uh, no. To be fair, fair with all, all of them. Uh, Elden Ring is just the mm. bigger one, and I think it needs uh, didn't need. Um, I feel like there's a hierarchy of like what games get what awards and how many, and Elden Ring needed a few under the belt to look yeah. good. Yeah, they had to give it a couple of wins at least, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, the Wally. Um, okay, um, I like these next couple. I think it's always good to nod a few of the the actors in games. So this was a performer in a leading role. Um, with Sonny Soljek as Atreus in God of War Ragnarok, with Siobhan Williams as Laura in The Quarry, uh, Manon Gage as Marissa Marcel in Immortality, uh, Charlotte McBurney as Amicia in A Plague Tale Requiem, um, Elaine Alan uh, Mesa as Alejandro uh, Vargas in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and of course, the gaming daddy, Christopher Judge, as Kratos in God of War, who was our winner for the BAFTAs. Did he have another huge Are we surprised? speech again? I should, I... Uh, I do, uh, well, if he did, we didn't get told, and it wasn't a memeable thing. So I think I think he probably made no speech because he was so embarrassed by the That's fact that he got bullied he on actually, the internet. He actually had a very nice speech about how oh, all different platforms all, all different platforms shouldn't be throwing stones at each yeah. other. That we should all be oh, playing. Yeah, I did, I did read all that, just be actually. enjoying yeah. games and not talking on the console war discourse and just love each other. It was yeah, his I do remember. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. What was a Call of Duty character doing on that list? Oh, I don't even what? know. What? And, and, and the worst one as well. Yeah, I'm baffled. <laughs> I'm actually baffled. I was like, I had to Google which character it was, and I was like, for real? Yeah. I mean, I would have given it to Price uh, and Ghost, but yeah. no, Vasquez. Oh, no, my days. Interesting. Okay. Um, next up, we perform it in a supporting role. Um, I think it's lovely who won, but yeah. Um, Ryan Hurst is Thor. In God of War Ragnarok, we've got Danielle Bassetti uh, as Freya in God of War Ragnarok. We've got Charlotte Molin as the one in Immortality. We've got Alison Jay as Alva in Horizon Forbidden West. Adam J. Harrington as Sindri in God of War. And we've got Leia de Leon, de Le- de Leon? Yeah, Hayes as Angaboda in God of War Ragnarok, who won supporting role. Oh, Angaboda. Love that for her. I don't think that's the first time she's been nominated, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What shout? Yeah. I think oh, what this, legend. This, might, this this feels like a protest win. <laughs> because Maybe. the amount of shit that she got. Like, you know, the amount of shit that she got for that performance. Um and it was really good. I, I enjoyed it anyway. Um, I really enjoyed you know, it as well. So, yeah, I like, think she's superb at the game. I think people were just raging yeah, about so nothing. Yeah, yeah, so do I. Typical too woke for this game. It was a bit like when Laura Bailey won as well, wasn't it? Of like, she got so much shit for it and then she won it. But her actual performance in the game as that character is superb. I said, are you talking about Abby? Well-deserved win. No, as in like, I don't like the character, but the way Laura Bailey portrays Abby is excellent. Like for the character that is written, Mm -hmm. Laura Bailey does it immensely. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the character itself. (laughs) All I'm hearing (laughs) is that we're team Abby. 
Let's go. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't even start. It's not the pod for that. <laughs> Laura Bailey did not deserve the hate that she got from winning that award. You oh, know, of course not. I think there's, no there's a compliment in there somewhere of like, you played the villain so well that people actually dislike you. But, not you know, that people need to be, <laughs> need, need to remember that like real life is, is different than the actor that is played. Um, there's some really good nominations on there, to be honest with you. But Adam J. Harrington, great. Sindri was fucking fantastic. Um, Daniel Vespetti, Freya, fantastic. Oh, uh, no, she one. would not shut up about her family and stuff. I was getting sick of it. <laughs> That's the writing, <laughs> not the acting. Leave it alone. <laughs> uh, okay. We have a technical achievement. Oh. We have Stray... The Last of Us Part 1, Immortality, God of War, Ragnarok, Elden Ring, or finally, the winner, Horizon Forbidden West. Don't take this away from me, Miles. How fucking dare you? I can already hear you saying... No, 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 no. no. I I think this is fair enough. I think Horizon was fucking stunning. So, and like you said, you can see the beads of sweat on Aloy's face, and that is some technical sweat. Come on, man. And the waves, the water... The wind effects on the grass, uh, everything. In fairness, yeah. the one thing I will not dispute about Horizon is that it's one of the best looking games I've ever played. Full stop. Un- undoubtedly. Can I come? Can I comment on how Cat just went slightly scouse or cockney <laughs> when she gets like a little bit passionate about it? It all comes out. <laughs> That's funny. Do you know what? You say scouts, it actually might be slightly Irish. Um, oh. Because that's where I grew up. It might, it might be a, a, a tinch, just just mad Irish Liverpudlian meld. Who knows? I love it. Um, love it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm glad Horizon's finally got some fucking recognition because, you know, those tremor tusks. The waves, the water techniques, the wind, like you said, the sweat, the weather changes. Oh, chef's kiss. So looking forward to the DLC. And finally, the BAFTAs are rounding off with EE Game of the Year. Um, Stray, again, lots for Stray, you know, for an okay game, I guess. Um, Immortality, Rising Forbidden West, Elden Ring, and God of War. And of course, the winner was God of War. How are we feeling? I think that's a pretty fair lot of nominations for EU Game of the Year. This was the only one that was like public, publicly voted, wasn't it? So I think yeah. this or Elden Ring was a, was a shoe-in. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised Elden Ring didn't win, if I'm honest, because yeah. I feel like that's going through a bit of a resurgence at the minute. So I, yeah. I imagine maybe more people might have voted for it, but yeah, got a war coming strong. Absolutely, God of War sweeping the stakes for the BAFTAs this year. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I kind of forget that the BAFTAs have a whole game awards. Um, and then I'm like, oh yeah, of course it does. <laughs> uh, right then, okay. So let's round off our recommendations. Uh, Sean, what is your recommendation of the week? Um, so this is a stupid, um, but it's from a couple of years ago. There was a show I think it was on BBC called Bodyguard. Um, which I'm, I'm sure pretty much everyone will have watched. The one um, Richard Madden in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Great show. Yeah, so, like, I've, I've just been trying to find something. I was trying to find something that I could watch with without my brain in, and then found myself watching this show at like three o'clock with my brain fully engaged. 
So it defeated the purpose of me watching the show, but I found it to be absolutely fantastic. Um, <laughs> and if you like those kind of shows, yeah, it's like a you know a, a political thriller where I genuinely didn't know who was the bad guy and who was the good guy half the time. For sure, and, for uh, sure. I was, I was, I was like, this, this guy's super villain, and then. You know, it turned out actually he was he was like a cool guy and he's fine. A good guy, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like, you know, all the way through the show, and I sat there watching my wife, and and we had like, do you know how we did? You know how you guys did uh, the the breakdown of each episode of The Last of Us. Well, we did this with every episode of this show, and we were like, well, who's the bad guy? Who who's who's the guy in this plot? What's going on? Who's... <laughs> that's such a, the right kind of show to do it with, though, isn't it? The Bodyguard. Because I remember doing the exact same with my mum when I watched it with her. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those such shows show. where so many twists, so many turns. And, um, yeah, if you want something to, like, sap up an entire weekend, definitely recommend that. That's my recommendation. Nice. Yeah, great shout, Bert. Um, Mr. Yog Dog, what is oh. your recommendation this week? My recommendation this week is Warhammer 40,000 Kill Team, which is um, it's a mini- yes. miniature gaming system, but it's not the big Warhammer 40k. You need a ridiculous amount of money spent on armies experience. It's small, limited scale tactical combat. Um, you have a squad of between like five and ten, depending what army you're using. Um, and games take like an hour or two instead of like I mean, some of the bigger 40k games can take a full day or more, really. Um, so it's much cheaper to get into. Instead of spending possibly thousands of pounds on your army, you're only going to be spending 100 maximum. Um, more like 50 or well, 30 to 50 pounds, really. Um, and it's just a... Yeah, it's... I did my first game uh, over the weekend. Excuse me. And it was really fun. Um and uh yeah, I think more people should give it a try. Uh it's much more accessible than standard 40k is, although I'm hoping that'll change with the new edition that's coming. And uh it it's um it's just a fun system, basically. Uh so if you are interested in 40k, then it's much easier and cheaper to get into, and that's always a good thing. Nice, very very nice. Yeah, we, we, um, before we quick move on, could could I quick quickly ask uh, Yog around his thoughts on the new rules for forty k? Um, I think yeah, the new rules for forty k will make it much simpler for people to get into, which is what one of the main criticisms of ninth edition is. Just yeah. that the rules are so bloated at this point. Um, yeah. it's extremely hard for new players to really. Uh, get into it even even veteran players struggle just because there's so many things you need to remember there's so many different rule books you have to refer to it's not all in one location the big thing with 10th edition as well as simplifying the rules so much is that they are moving to an electronic codex now so you don't need to yeah, buy codices anymore um they're doing themselves out of money that way though aren't they they are but uh. They're probably still going to make something similar, but instead of just having the core rules, they'll have like more law-based scenarios, um, thematic stuff more than like the hard rules they were printing. So there there will still be some ways for them to make money, and let's be honest, they make enough on their figures anyway. Um, 
but yeah, I'm 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 pretty hopeful for the changes. Uh, there's just been a fairly dram, okay, maybe not massively dramatic compared to Rebute Gorman coming back, but there's another loyalist Primarch that's returned. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes up the ongoing story as well. So yeah, it's as it's going to be a good, I think. My, a little story. My friend just uh, spent three hundred pound on a new Tyranid on it, army. Um, oh. Just as the Tyranid battles were. <laughs> oh, no. Because I think the Tyranids <laughs> might be in the starter box as well, and they're going to be like yeah. Necrons in the last edition, which had a massive shake-up. They were yeah. the other army in the starter box. I have a bad feeling that's going to happen with Nids. Yeah. Oh, that's so... unfortunate. <laughs> he is fuming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yes. Amazing. No, no worries at all. Um, Joshua, what is your recommendation for this week? Uh, so I'm going to recommend uh, it's not a new show, but it's new season started last week. Uh, uh, and it's the second second episode last night. I still haven't watched it yet, but extremely slighted. Um, it is Succession, uh, which is basically kind of the character, the main guy is like a Rupert Murdoch. He has like a family dynasty of like a conglomerate of of uh, news broadcasting, um, new bro- news broadcasting outlets, and he wants to find a successor in one of his three children. Um, and they're all deeply flawed, deeply horrible characters, to the point where you just love to hate them, really. Um, and they all hate each other. Uh, there's so much kind of like um, Shakespearean drama in it, whilst also being extremely funny. Um, and uh, if it, if I haven't sold it on you yet, the creator of Succession is also the creator of Peep Show. Um, so whilst they're very, very different shows, that sort of kind of um, dry British humour prevails, even in this sort of setting. Um, and I can't get enough. It just every uh, I think Steph and I started it kind of some at some point last year with uh, three seasons to watch. I think they've all got like ten episodes each. They're all an hour long. I think we did it in like two weeks. If that is any kind of kind of uh, gauge on how much um, how much we enjoyed the show is that we did like thirty hours in two weeks for it. Um, it's on now TV, Sky Atlantic. I want to say, um, yeah, definitely check it out. Try and catch up before the end of the season because, um, yeah, you will love it. Well, thanks, Josh. Uh, Miles, what is your recommendation for this week? Uh, mine is another video game. Uh, it is Forsake oh, Urban Horror. I know, right? I've played so many games. Um, it's a first-person. Um, like horror game where basically the way it's set up is like there's six different maps you can choose from each of them are kind of like procedurally generated each time so like the layouts of them will switch up and change um in each of them there'll be an entity so it'll be like a butcher or a clown or like a small child carrying scissors and they basically just chase after you as you're trying to figure out this map and you have to find three relics in order to like exercise them um and you just have to avoid them the entire time and it gets increasingly difficult the longer you're in the place for 
Um, you can play it with up to four friends, um, so you can do some co-op stuff. And on the very hardest difficulty, which is Nightmare, the entity is invisible. So you just have this invisible creature thing constantly chasing you at all times. Um, it's actually surprisingly fun. You can't fight back, but you can throw like a light stick to stun them temporarily. But if you run out, you're dead. Um, it's just a really well-crafted game. Um, it's got some good jump scares in it. The actual creatures themselves aren't that scary. Um, but I really like the atmosphere of it. Like every map is just blanketed in darkness and you can't see anything without your flashlight. And it only really illuminates like two meters in front of you at most um so yeah i really enjoyed it and i think if you can get a couple of like-minded people to jump in um you can have a lot of fun with it and there's quite a high skill ceiling of how far it can go so yeah i wanted to give it a shout out it's a very good game nice very very cool uh my game of the week my game of the week it's not my game of the week fuck take cut um my recommendation it's also a video game exciting um it's a little game called flame keeper that i reviewed uh the other week and actually i really like it um it's kind of um an action roguelite it looks really really pretty i really really like the the visual kind of look of it um essentially you're a little lump of coal and you need to restore um what's called the eternal flame which is this kind of bonfire so to speak and you go around procedurally generated and biomes um and you have to kind of relight the, the campfire but to relight the campfire you have to use your own health and to gain health you have to kill monsters and kind of kill the environment around you and you have to obviously not die obviously you have to do it all again um i had a lot of fun it's really cool um it's really short as well because it's being continuously developed um so there's two big biomes available at the moment um, and each biome has like three levels and then each level has three lands um, and then a boss level at the end of each biome as well. So it, it's enough to keep you going for a couple of hours. And uh, yeah, it's just really sweet and really cute. Um, the levels as well, like they're not just all the same. So the first two levels is very much a roguelite dungeon crawler. And then the third level is kind of like a defense, a tower defense level where you have to the bonfire by putting your energy into mini bonfires that will set up traps um, in front of portals and the portals release all these monsters that are trying to take all of the bonfires um, kind of, I guess, energy and flame. And then you have to kind of keep it alight. You can't put any more health into the bonfire at that point. You can only try and attack what's attacking it. Um, it's just really fun. It kind of mixes up a little bit. There is a kind of bit of a frame rate issue at the moment um, when the bonfire level gets quite hectic right at the end. You've got to save it for kind of four minutes and I shit you not, I probably lost that bonfire round three, four, five times over the last five seconds of that because of the frame rate. Uh, having to do all of it all over again, not even starting the bonfire, starting right at the back at the beginning. <sighs> yeah, but it, it was a really, it was a really, really fun game. I was really, really glued to it for like two, three days. But every night I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about it during work. Um, so yeah, Flamekeeper. It's out on Switch and it's out on PC. Um, and that's that's my recommendation. I think that's everybody, isn't it? Damn. Oh, I think that's everything from us. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can absolutely everywhere. Just check the link tree in the bio in the description below to find us in all the places possible. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you absolutely can. F-N-G-R-G-N-S. Or you can follow us individually and you can do that as well in the description below where you'll find all of our handles. Except for Miles, of course, who's smart and doesn't have Twitter. If you really like what we do, you can subscribe to our Patreon for $1 a month, which keeps the podcast alive and kicking on its various podcast services and keeps the website nice and smooth.
plea. But that's it. We'll be back very soon. I can't wait for you uh, to come back. And we hope that you do. But until then, it is goodbye from Joshua Thompson. Bye, everyone. It is goodbye from Mr. Yobdog. Goodbye, everyone. It's goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. It is goodbye from Sean. Goodbye, everyone. And it's goodbye from me. I've been Kat, and we will see you next time on the Finger Guns podcast.